We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in ten seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. It's been a while. I mean, for AB, it's been a very, very long time. Uh, but B turn me and you, I think we did pods back in March for the NCAA tournament. The Hawks got absolutely waxed and we were cowards and hid away in our basements and never came out to talk about it. And we're still not going to talk about it. Um, before we get to all the exciting news today, boys, how you B turn, how you doing here? You had the round of your life in golf today. Played pretty well today. Um, other than that, doing pretty well playing golf every day. <laughs> Excited to be back with you guys. Like you said, A.B., it's been a minute. And then after losing by 60 to USC, yeah, we didn't want to record after that. Who would want to, though? I don't blame you guys one bit for not wanting to hop on after that game. I That's what we were just talking about. I don't know if we've uh, – we're pretty good at avoiding talking about losses. I don't know if it's cowardly or just – I mean, do people want to – I guess the Big 12 streak is one of our most listened to episodes where we just went full de- – depression mode uh after we lost OU and ended the streak so maybe people do like pain but that's not why we're here to talk today we're here to talk because Bill Self is doing what Bill Self does in the offseason and he's absolutely 
And would we, would we call this one of the more wild off seasons in college basketball history? Like with, when it came to transfers and the NBA draft and just everything going on because of COVID, this was, we knew it was going to be wild. Um, I didn't know how we'd benefit from it, but Bill is absolutely killing it with getting guys back, getting transfers. B-turn, did you like going into the off season, did you feel like we were going to kill it this much with transfers and getting Ochai and Jalen and everyone back? Like, were you confident going into this off season? I mean, I knew there was going to be a lot of roster turnover just because after the stuff Bill said after the USC game, I feel like that's not super normal of him just to be like that honest and talk about how many changes need to be made. But like you said, um, if they, if like if Remy and Yesifu are our backcourt, like he just completely changed the complexion of the whole roster. Like that's a whole starting backcourt he added in the whole offseason. And then Ochai kind of made it seem like he wouldn't be back, but he made that official today. And so, yeah, like our whole starting five is pretty much back besides Marcus, who was awesome defensively, but we needed a true point guard and we basically picked up two this offseason. Yeah. I mean, if you sit back, if you go back to like it would have been late March, April, when the transfer just it became total chaos where everyone was hitting the market. Like, think about how obsessed we were with getting uh, I can't even remember Ty 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 Washington. Wasn't that who it was? We were yeah. we wanted him so bad. Like we were acting like our season hinged on getting this 18-year-old kid. Uh we were obsessed with getting God, who else? Uh, that we were about to sign a dude from Georgia, that severe Wheeler guy. Yeah. I remember, um, they actually both went to Kentucky. But what I'm getting at, Mizzou. remember that who from, uh, Xavier Pinson from Mizzou, like randomly had us in his final two, which didn't seem real, but we were like desperate for a point guard because we had Dewan <laughs> back, who was great end of the year, but he obviously wanted a vet point guard that could come in and uh, be handed the keys day one. So it's just crazy how every off season this happens where our fan base freaks out and yeah. then Bill just, he always makes it work. It's wild. I mean, like, that's you know, the thing. Josh Jackson or something like that. We were desperate for, we were desperate. Like you said, for a guy, like, I, I guess we weren't desperate for Xavier Pinson, but we were all kind of like, Oh, okay. That'll, I mean, we'll take that. <laughs> and now we got the best transfer on the market. Um, so yeah, you, you nailed it. It, the Remy signing was like one of those Josh Jackson's, the Wiggins, the cell, like one of those where we just needed it and Bill went out and did it. And that's what he does. That's why we call him spring bill. Um, so let's just get into it. Let's just recap who we've got coming back and who we've got coming in. So obviously Ochai announced today that got, that got KU Twitter buzzing. AB when, I mean, would you say this was kind of the most hype day KU Twitter scene in a long time basketball wise. Like I just felt like the timeline was buzzing today. I can't think of a day that was bigger in the last year. Is <laughs> yeah. that like off? Like, I know it sounds crazy, but after like a few games last year, I think we kind of realized we weren't really shit. And then, so yeah. it was probably back in 2020 when we were running over teams before the tournament got canceled, I'd say. I know like it, it was like the first time where the entire timeline was like, Hey, we're going to win a national ch title. Like we were everyone. And it helped that we went Ochai news, uh, the Remy news. Oh, I guess we had Jalen earlier. Did we have any other good news today or am I missing something? It just, we've just been getting tons of tweets and stuff all day, but either way we got Ochai and the Remy news, which had people going nuts. So yeah. On top of that, we've got Jalen back. We've got CB back. 
I mean, did we at all think Jalen was going pro? No. I didn't either. But I will say, B-Turn, I think you kind of said this. I did kind of think Ochai was going to go pro. So that's why I think everyone was so excited was it truly felt like we were going to lose him. Um, tell me if I'm wrong here, but today kind of felt like uh, two years ago when we were just sitting there all day texting each other about Udoka coming back or not. That made her break. That was going to like make or break that season, whether we were going to be a national title contender or not. Oh, like, we yeah. We got Dot and Oach, but Udoka was one of the best players in the country, at least to end the year and defensively, especially. So, and, and like Udoka, Udoka didn't even, the whole team didn't know. Like, I think yeah. I was texting Mitch or someone that day, and they were like, I have no clue. And so, Udoka didn't even announce it, did he? No, it was so no, weird. I waited all next day. How about when Silvio announced or Silvio tweeted like Grimes and Dot are back? And, <laughs> because Grimes, what was it? Grimes like basically announced that he withdrew, and like ten minutes later, he announced he was transferring. So for ten minutes, we thought we were, I and mean, we were the best team in the country, but well, we thought we were going to be like forty and oh good. That's what I was going to bring up. Like this off season is kind of similar to that where. We really went into that offseason having absolutely no idea what our team was going to look like the next year because, like, Dot was going pro. We knew we had a good shot at coming back, but he truly considered it. Grimes was in the draft. Doak was, like, gone. Like, there was no chance Doak was coming back. And it just slowly, slowly started to realize, like, wait, this dude's not going to get drafted if he goes. And he randomly stayed. You could tell he didn't want to stay at all, but he just knew he had to. Um so, yeah, it's did, just uh, – Did we win it all two years ago? We did. So, Doak was a national – by coming back, he won a national championship. So, let's hope that Oach will do the same thing, win two of the last three. Yeah, that got Doak drafted in the first round. So, I know. Like, it hopefully is we, – Hopefully, we win our second in three years this year, and then all of our guys <laughs> go in the first round, like, 08. And that's the thing, too, about winning it all when all those people leave. It's like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, and Oach will be like – he'll be like a mid-second rounder all year, and if he has a big march, he'll jump into the first round. Like, he'll just be that guy that everyone go, obsesses over because he's athletic and he can shoot. But – um, so, yeah. Maybe first, I'm crazy with this. Did you guys really think that, like, Ochai was gone? Maybe I just wasn't following as closely as I used to, but I just – I seriously never for a second thought Ochai would actually leave. And same with Remy. Like, when Remy committed to KU, I didn't think Bill would be like – not dumb enough that seems harsh but i think if bill was going to go all in on a dude to get him to transfer here he probably had a good idea he was going to like actually play well i'll say this and i and b turn i know you've mentioned this ochai's announcement to test the nba draft process was the most like i'm gone announcement of all time like it wasn't like a, hey, I'm going to go see and get feedback and figure out what I'm going to do. Like, it was like, a, I'm leaving. I'm I'm obviously leaving the door open because you can, but, like, I'm gone. I'm going to miss the fans, all this stuff. Like, it felt like very much he was not coming back. And so I think that's how B-Turn felt, too. And maybe, I don't know, he might have just wanted to make sure that if he was leaving, he did the most, the best possible goodbye he could in case. But I just felt like, why make your goodbye so finalized if you were truly considering coming back? But I think it's very possible Ochai was planning on going pro and thought he would get better feedback, and he just didn't. But when it comes to Remy, I agree. I was never worried that he was going to go pro. I thought he was for sure coming back. But something that stuck out to me 
God, I'm looking for the quote. I think Matt Tate or somebody said it. His dad was like, he was all in on going to the NBA. Like he wanted to go to the NBA. He is upset. He can't go to, like, he's not going to the NBA, but now he's fired up to go to KU. So I was kind of shocked to read that. Cause it was like, this dude really was going to go pro if he got an invite probably to the combine, which he didn't. So I don't know. I think it was more possible. Both those guys went than we ever thought about. Yeah. Ochai literally said, I'll miss playing in front of you all, but look forward to representing KU for the rest of my life <laughs> I mean, and making that's, you proud. That's yeah. I mean, that's gone. That's a man with one foot out the door, I guess. But. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, it just felt like, yeah, he could get drafted, but it would be what middle second, late second. So it's like, and, yeah. And for a dude it? that I know we've talked on here for years about how his potentials through the roof, if he reaches it. So yeah, I guess. I don't know if it was Bill. I don't know if it was NBA guys that got in fear and kind of said, you could get drafted. You could make decent money, but you've got a chance to make like decent, decent money if you come back and improve on what they tell you to. So I guess we'll see if he improves on what they told him to. Yeah. Because yeah, so... last year, my bad. You can go ahead. No, go. You're good. Um, last year, he, I mean, he came back, shot it as well as he has his whole career. I think, I feel like during most of the season, he was like mid 40s from three. And then I think he ended up like, 38, 39% from three. So, and he's good defensively, but he's got to come back and just do more offensively than shoot. You know, I think we've said this for a couple of years. I think he's got to get better around the rim and actually show his athleticism and develop a mid range jumper. So, yeah, I think this year will be super beneficial to him, especially now that he has guards around him to get it to him and get him open looks. Last year, I mean, our guards weren't terrible, but you didn't have a true point that was facilitating and getting guys looks. So, yeah. I think with Remy and Yesifu and or whoever our two is going to be, like the way those guys can attack the rim and how much attention they're going to draw, draw, I think Ochai is going to have a ton of open looks this year. Oh, I and agree. And like backdoor oops and stuff. Like that had to be part of the reason he came back, too. He's probably sitting there like, okay, Remy's going to demand a ton of attention. Dave's going to demand a ton of attention. Even like Joe or CB, whoever's there, like you have to respect those guys. So if we're, it's not like last year where, no offense, Marcus was great, but like he was essentially, the defenses could just ignore him pretty much. And that kills a guy like Ochai who struggles to really go out and create his own shot. He needs ball movement. He needs guys driving and kicking to him. So yeah, I think it's a no-brainer for him to come back. I think he's going to shoot a super high percentage from three because he's going to get a ton of good open looks, whereas last year I felt like he had to kind of force shots at times. But the thing that has me most most excited about Ochai is this game feels like it didn't even happen because it was like the beginning of – or we had the COVID stuff happen in the Big 12 tournament. But Ochai in that OU game in the first round of the Big 12 tournament was lights out. I would say one of his best games of his career. And I remember thinking after that game, like this really sucks if this is it with him. Like you just felt like you were just starting to see his potential and how good he could be. So if he plays like, and I know it's hard to like, I think he had like 19 in the first half or something absurd like that. But if he plays like that, he will obviously be in conversation to go first round next year. But yeah, he, he carried us that game. Yeah. OU was answering going on little runs because they, we had a nice little lead at halftime, but second half, he kind of carried us late. And yeah, he showed flashes of everything. Like he was actually creating for himself and finishing and getting to the line and stuff. So yeah, I think, I mean, he obviously has to have a big year because I don't know. He's just got to do something different to 
get himself in the first round. And I think obviously if we go deep and he does stuff in March, I don't see why he couldn't go in the first. Yeah. You know what I'm very excited about? Cause remember last year we're doing preseason pods and like, we're talking about David McCormick and how it felt like we had to rely on him so much because we didn't know what CB was going to be like. We didn't know if Oach was going to be a good, like go-to scorer yet. He turned out to be fine, but uh, we didn't know how Marcus is going to be as the one guy. And like, it was like, Dave has to be good. Like he has to be good. Now we kind of know what Dave is. He's going to be frustrating, but he's also going to score at ease at times. And I'm just super excited to see Dave play where it's like the pressure's not on him to go get a bucket every possession. Like we're going to have a Remy can go create a bucket. Yes. If can go create a bucket, Oh, we just talked about Ochai Jalen. Like, I feel like Dave is going to have a lot more opportunities to be an efficient, under control, go get his when he needs to type player. Whereas last year, I felt like it was just like, give me the ball and I'm going to try some really quick move, try and get a shot off, which led to him being the most hated player for the first three oh months God, of that season yeah. in KU Twitter history. You imagine up digging up tweets. Especially ours. Like, oh my God. Well, we already cut Ryan's foot off halfway by the time. Yeah, and I earned it. play got here. And that, like AB said earlier, we kind of knew early on that this team wasn't going to be good, but it felt like we almost needed like a perfect storm last year. Like, we needed Dave to be really good. We needed Ochai to be really good. We needed, we knew what we had in Marcus, but we talked before the season what we needed. We needed him to elevate offensively. So it's like, but Dave, like we just we needed him to be like our first or second best player last year. And like you said, this year there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him because you got so many guys that can get can fill it up around him. And I don't know. I just yeah. there's like you said, there's not going to be a ton of pressure on Dave this year. But the way he ended the season, like it just uh it just so feels, just feels like one of those typical Bill Self teams you're gonna have like I don't know. I guess we'll talk about this, or I guess we can now. So Remy Martin, the last two years, has averaged 19 points a game. Are we all in agreement that he's probably not going to do that on this year's team? Like, it's just not. Yeah. I don't Correct. think we want that. So who, who has averaged 19 points for KU in, like, the Bill Self era? I mean, Frank did, Dot did in 2020, didn't he? It was, like, 18.7 or something around there. Yeah. So – around there. Yeah, Devontae was like 17 or 18. Uh, That's kind of the thing is we're naming guys that are fucking like – exactly. They're getting their banner – like their names are going to be in the Raptors in the next decade. Yep. So – Diedrich Lawson averaged that. Yeah, that that one's just – that one's hard. Team stunk. Stunk, yeah. Was Wiggins around that? He was 17. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, not a lot of guys, but my thing is, like, I don't think we need him to, and I think that will also help him a ton. I felt like at Arizona State, it was just, like, give him the ball and go try and make something happen. So I'm excited to see how he plays where he's just kind of playing freely and not being the vocal point of every defense necessarily. But what I'm getting at is I feel like this is going to be the typical Bill Self team where you have, like, a, a guy averaging 14 and Remy, uh Yesifu or CB playing there averaging like 10, 9, somewhere around there. Oates averaging 14, Jalen averaging 10, 11, and then Big Dave averaging like 14. Like, I don't know. Is that so are you kind of seeing it spread out like that? Or you think it's gonna be like a Remy Oach Dave where they average 15, 15, and 15, and the rest of the guys are like averaging eight and nine? No, I think it'll be super balanced. 
I mean, Remy's going to get his shots up. Like, he's obviously trying to get to the league and stuff, but you know how Bill Self is. Like, he's not going to have as much freedom as he had with Hurley at Arizona State. So, yeah, like, Bill Bill gets pissed when people jack shots up like that. Like, Remy will go on stretches where he pisses us off. Like, I have I gamble on enough college basketball to where I've been up at midnight watching the WAC 12. Like, yeah. So, I've watched Remy. Like, he takes crazy shots, but he also – gets in these zones where he just takes over like yeah so ab i would say I think around 16 17 a game for remy sounds about right yeah ab i would say you're kind of like our most pessimistic guy when it comes right, to we basketball so i'm genuinely <laughs> i genuinely want to hear your thoughts on this how worried are we that we're handing the keys to a guy that does not know bill self system yet and I don't know. I'll trust Bill with that. I'm not really worried about like the top tier guys more than like the depth that we always talk about. Like I feel like it's a cycle. We talk about spring bill every year, but we also talk about we're going to have 11 dudes that are going to be able to play. We're going to have all these studs and then like three or four of them just suck. We did with Ty on last year. There's a million of examples. So I'm just kind of, maybe that's where I'm being pessimistic about the depth and trying to like calm my hype with, you know, playing five, two sets of five, like Kentucky back in the day, pressing all day long, like Jesse wanted to. Yeah. But I'm, I'm fine with Remy. I've loved Remy's two and oh against KU, right? He wanted yeah. Allen. Was he on that team? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a freshman. He killed right. him. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I don't know how much I trust our bench compared to other people, like on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we do got some guys that can hoop, but I don't know if it's like a full platoon of five that's just going to come rotate for the other five. Like, you're telling me Remy's not going to play 30-plus minutes a game. I know. That's guy's going to play 30-plus minutes a game. If Dave's in shape and not in foul trouble, like, he's going to be on the floor all the time. Like, because we like, just talked about it before, there's not another big on the bench that can come in and score like Dave can. Like, end of the year, Dave was probably, what would you guess, like 16 and 8 to end the year? He was probably averaging around that. To end the dude, year. he was good. He was the best big in the Big 12. Like, I know the Big 12 wasn't stacked big man-wise, but he was legitimately the best big in the Big 12 to end the year last year. So, yeah, Is you're he right. our most important player this year, Dave, would you say? In, in terms I, of we've talked depth, like big, like our front well, court isn't exactly super deep. So, we know Dave. He likes to pick up fouls every once in a while. Like, is that true. our Achilles heel with this team? Well, part of me wants to say Remy's the most important guy because we just know how much Bill needs that floor general point guard to be like all his good teams have those guys but yeah if dave is constantly in foul trouble not having a good season we're relying on six-year mitch lightfoot which we love the guy but we know what he is and then we're relying on a d2 guy and freshman so i yeah you could make the argument that he's you could also probably make the argument that ochai is most i don't know there's just we talked about uh five guard lineups earlier though without Dave so because I was about to ask you guys like what big would you pick like what big would you be most comfortable with if Dave did get in foul trouble or was playing bad but you could also almost run Jalen at five yeah rebounds yeah I mean that's the thing so I guess we haven't even talked about this yet Cam Martin happened like four months ago and I remember when that hit Twitter we were all kind of like uh is this good? Is this, are we, is KU basketball now going after D2 guys because of the NCAA investigation? Like this is before anything happened. And 
I was definitely not someone that was like, I, I think people were pretty excited about it because he averaged, he was, he dominated D2, but I have no idea how to, how to translate. Like I had people telling me, Oh, Mitch Lightfoot would average 25 a game in division two. I disagree with that. I do not think Mitch could go average 25 a game. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think a D2 guy is going to do? playing going from playing three four year i came did he play four years i don't know either way playing three years at a d2 level to now going in and playing against guys at texas and oklahoma state and like big time athletes like i just, i have no idea what to expect with cam martin yeah i really don't either and i obviously haven't watched him at all but he's pretty good sized i feel like like i feel like he'll be able to at least bang down low i don't know i mean i went yeah. to fit so i've heard stuff about him like he obviously was awesome. Everyone knows that at that level, but I really just don't know what to expect. Like, he looks like he can shoot it for a big guy. Yeah. I mean, all the D2 people I know are like, he's going to be so good. But again, you've been watching him play against D2 talent. Like, I, I don't think anyone obviously expects him to come in and average 20 a game. But my thing is, can he come in and stay on the floor defensively or is he just going to yeah. be getting cooked by these guys that are just far and away better athletes than him but and also like where do the, i don't know where are the minutes gonna where are the minutes gonna come from like honestly how much like 40 minute game dave's not in foul trouble how many minutes is he gonna play 30 i would say 30 to yeah, 32. 28 to 32 something like that yeah he's gonna have well i mean yeah he's gonna have to and then the thing is, like, who it's going to be Cam Martin and Mitch battling for those minutes. So you're going, you're either getting a six year guy or a D2 guy. And it's like, I have no idea. It's really just going to come down to, I think you're just going to have to play them both early on and see what happens. Cause I don't think there's any answer right now. But this might be a stupid question. What's like the comparison level from like Juco ball to D2 ball? I would think D2 is quite a bit better than Chuko. Quite a bit, okay. I'm just thinking, like, I don't know. We've talked about Tyon already, already, but could it be? So, I mean, obviously, he's not getting as much hype as Tyon was, so the expectations aren't going to be there. So, we probably won't even notice if he sucks. Yeah. But, like, we – maybe that's even more of my point. If they are comparable, like, leagues, which, again, I have no idea. They probably aren't. But if Tyon was the superstar coming out of a Juco and this guy, we kind of already think of as a role guy coming from D2, like yeah. if he falls any further, he's just not going to play. So it's either he lives up to expectations and he's like the eighth guy or he's yeah. just not going to play at all. Right. I would, I would say I lean on, I'm being negative when it comes to Cam Martin. I, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're going to have to prove it to me. I mean, has there ever been a D2 guy transfer and be good at the D1 level. Like, I literally cannot – at a Power 5 school, like, I cannot think of an example of this. And maybe I just don't know. Maybe these lower-level schools in the power of, like, teams that aren't very good in the SEC, maybe they are getting D2 transfers. But, like, I don't know. I've never paid enough attention. And to me, it's like I can't sit here and confidently say that a D2 guy is going to come in and play under Bill Self. Like, because, like you said, we've seen how even transfers struggle – just getting used to this level of play and the effort Bill Self demands. Juco guys have never worked. So it's like, why would I convince myself that a D2 guy is going to work? I hope it does. And like you said, we don't have crazy high expectations for him, but 
I just I'm not I'm not putting a lot of hope in that. But we we might need him to be our second best big. <laughs> I know, and that's I mean it is kind of that's scary. What's scary. That yeah. kind of asks my point. Like, is Dave the most important player? He's not. I don't think he's the best. I don't know if he's got the best numbers, but as far as him staying on the court and just being a presence, because I, I mean, know. we don't really need Cam to be amazing. Like, we no. just need him to come in, give solid minutes. We probably need him to play good defense and maybe looks like he can shoot it, but that's from I mean highlight videos or all right, or, but just maybe come in, knock the occasional jump shot down. I guess I don't know. So I'll throw this out to you guys, an early little prediction that we'll talk about in like six months. It's February 15th. We're in a conference game. Who do you think is going to be the guy that we prefer to see on the floor? Cam Martin or Mitch Lightfoot as the backup five? I'll say Mitch. Who do we we want to see more or who do we think we'll see more? Who do we think? Like, I think by then we'll have a pretty good idea of who's going to be the guy. Like, I I'd want it, it to be Cam Martin. Cam, yeah, I'd rather be him a thousand times out of a thousand. But yeah, I think it's probably gonna be Mitch, just because Bill trusts him to eat five minutes at a time and bring energy. Yeah, I, but who knows? B turn. What do you think? What was the full question again? I mean, just like in the middle of conference season next year, if you had to predict right now, gun to your head, who is? Between Mitch and Cam Martin, who's getting the backup minutes majority? I would probably just guess Mitch since he's been yeah. here for so long. Bill loves him, knows the system. Yeah. His last year, he's probably trying to prove something. I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's just so tough to trust Cam. Never watched him. Everyone's going to think about – like all of our fans going into it are going to think about how he came from a D2. I know. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we don't really know what to expect, you know? I honestly respect the shit out of him for being like, I'm going to go play at K. Like he could have easily gone to a mid-major, could have gone Missouri Valley, could have even gone to like a, just a decent power five team, not one of the top schools and probably been good. Now he's like, there's a chance, like we said, he might not get minutes. So shout out to him for betting on himself, I guess, but. And uh, uh, played for Boshi. So I guess we'll just have to trust that. Yeah. I'm sure he put in, I'm sure Boshi put in a good word for. That's true, and I mean, he knows. Damn. He obviously knows what it takes to play at a school like this. So, I mean, because like if you think about it, though, he was getting offers from other Big Twelve schools. So it's not yeah. like KU is the only one. Yeah, had faith that he could play at this level. Like these schools yeah. aren't going to offer a D two guy if he can't play at this level. Yep, that's one thing I guess you got to think about. Yep. So, all right, we kind of talked about the bigs there. Um, then you look at the rest of the backup squad. So let's just say in this scenario, let's assume Yesifu starts next to Remy. So then on another, the other point guards on the roster, you've got Dewan Harris and Pettiford, Bobby Pettiford, a freshman. I think it's pretty clear to say one of those guys is not going to get minutes at all. I would lean towards it being Pettiford. Would you guys agree? Obviously, Dewan he became like a fan favorite last year. I feel like Dewan has absolutely probably earned the spot to get some minutes in a backup role this year. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. He was our best player on the court at times last year. Yeah. Like that was it the St. Joe game early where he just came in out of nowhere and just dominated yeah. for like 10 minutes. Not really the stat line, but you could just tell like he he can see the floor, he can he can do everything, he added energy, some steals. 
he was very fun. Just maybe he's I, the perfect like asset for this. If we have so many dudes that want to score, is he not the perfect asset to throw in and just distribute all day long? Yeah, no. I mean, that's why this team has some exciting lineup options. Like you put Dewan in just around a bunch of shooters, like like we said, that five guard lineup. He will be very down to just drive around, distribute, and let guys chuck threes. So I like Bobby Pettiford. I think he's going to be really good one day, but I just I feel like Dewan will absolutely get those backup minutes more than him. But yeah, he was uh he was really good in that OU game too, Big 12 tournament. Yeah. Um he had a couple steals, a couple assists, and then tournament, he actually was knocking down threes. I think – I wonder what his three-point percentage was for the year because he didn't shoot many, but it seemed like he made over half. His shot. Half of his threes. I was, thinking, I was thinking a little bit ago, there's like – I feel like there's not one player in the whole rotation that can't shoot it a little bit. Like even our bigs can shoot. Cam Martin was 45% from three last year. Took 110 threes. You know damn well Dave's not afraid to pull from about 18 feet either. And he honestly can shoot, like, 80% free throw shooter. I can't think of one guy in our rotation that – I mean, Remy's three-point percentages weren't amazing, but he also takes a ton and takes a bunch of wild ones. Like, we know he'll get hot and hit some threes some nights. Like, And then Coleman lands. We haven't talked about him. He can shoot. I literally, I mean, that's what's so wild about this team. We've been sitting here for 30 minutes talking, and I haven't even once thought about Coleman Lance. Like, that guy, I feel kind of bad for him. I'm almost certain he came here with the expectation that Oach was going to leave and that he was going to be battling CB for starting spot, and if not, backing up CB. But now it's like, uh, where does this do? I mean, AB, you said it earlier. We can all joke around on Twitter and say, oh, we're 12 deep. We got 11 guys. Bill's gonna, we're going to be so deep. It's not what Bill Self does. We will be at eight, nine max come March. And Coleman Lands is another guy. Like, I'm very excited that we have a guy that shot 40% last year from three. We obviously desperately needed shooting at times. And it's always great to have those guys. But where's he getting minutes? Like, Maybe, I don't I don't see him playing. Maybe he don't. plays the four. Maybe like maybe he backs up Jalen instead of like a we haven't even got to the freshman like Zach Clements and stuff, but I don't know. It's one of the more random signings ever. He's like 25 years old. I didn't even know we were going after him. And all of a sudden he commits to us. And now I'm like, I feel like he's the third option at his position. Yeah. And new to the system. And we know how much Bill loves C B. So how does how does he at least early on in the season how does he play more than cb or earn bill's trust more than cb you know he's not playing over Oach, obviously wouldn't think he's playing over yesifu um yeah i don't know it's tough he's gonna i mean like come in and play super good defense or something i don't know like i don't know how he's gonna at least see quality minutes and I think – I don't know if I'm right, but I feel like I've read that, like, defense is absolutely a concern when it comes to him. So that's kind of where I've just been, like, he'll be fun, bring him in, let him fire some threes, might get hot, be a good spark off the bench. But, like, to think that he's going to get consistent minutes with the guys we have coming back that have already earned Bill's trust, it's like I just – I don't see it. And I feel bad. I would not be mad at the guy if he announced he was transferring tomorrow. Like when Oates came back, I just feel like he lost all his minutes. But um, what if Marcus Carr is replacing him? 
Jesus Christ. Well, then is CB losing all – like who – if Marcus yeah, – Yeah, it's a – yeah. That's the thing. If, if Carr comes, he's going to play 25 or 30, and we only think this Lance dude's going to play like five. Yeah. So and it just takes like 20 minutes away from someone else. There's no way Carr's coming here. No, I doubt it. I think – as much as we love DeWan, how much is he going to play? That's what I'm worried about. I just think like, Bill loves him, but the more we talk about it, the more I get worried. Because can – I mean, Remy's going to play – I mean, he's hardly going to leave the floor. It's going to be like one of those point guards that Bill self-loves, like Devontae, Frank, Devon, that's maybe going to get a couple-minute breather each half. Yeah, Remy's going to play 35 minutes a game at least. I would and think. then – I mean, Yesifu kind of runs the point as well, right? And you would think he's ahead of Dewan. I would think. I mean, the dude, we haven't even really talked about him. The dude averaged 13 points a game at Drake, which like, okay, yeah. But the final nine games, he averaged 23 a game and had 21 and 26 in the NCAA tournament. Like, put up what – I can't remember if it was 26 he put up against USC or if it was 21, but either way, we saw <laughs> our guys played against USC, and this dude was putting up 21, floating the ball over these – lottery picks like i don't know i'd be shocked if dewan's getting more minutes than him but my thing is like we saw last year with Jalen. there's gonna be somebody that takes a huge jump that was on the current roster that we just didn't think about and it who knows it could be dewan but i can't see a scenario where yesifu is not playing but we do need to talk about who's going to start at the two because i don't know if it's going to be yesifu or cb after the USC game, I immediately just started thinking about having two point guards again, and you talk about that all the time. Like, those really are our best teams, at least most fun to watch. Like, like the Iowa oh, team, I mean, Elijah, Tyshawn, Sharon, Tyshawn, Frank, Devontae, like, yeah. It's just, just two guys that can handle the ball, dime, get to the rim. That's, That's why fun to watch. it feels crazy, but, like, right now, if I had to pick the starting lineup I prefer, I would want CB coming off the bench. And we just talked about how much Bill loves him, how much he trusts him, but I'm like, it's just I want two point guards. And I think Yesifu, super quick, athletic dude. Remy, super quick, score. Like, that's what I want. That's what we've thrived off before. Why – I mean, you start see you're starting a CB at the two at six eight. That's a guy that can't really six seven. Whatever he is, can't really. Maybe that's too tall. Either way, not like an electric ball handler or not a guy that's quick and creating for others. Like I just, I kind of want him to come off the bench, but I I think we all agree that in Bill Self's world, CB is going to get the nod early in the year. It always works out that way. He always trusts his guys to start at least until they give him a reason not to. Yeah. Or until someone plays their way into the lineup. So, so do we uh, do we know anything about the freshmen to talk about them? I know we talked about Pettiford a little bit. Zach Clement seems to be the guy that gets the most hype. He's like a six – I don't know. He's, he's a big guy, but he can stretch the floor, shoot it. It seems perfect with obviously the way college hoops is kind of moving. But I don't know. Do we have – do we feel like there's going to be a freshman that plays a major role this year? How major? I mean, we keep talking about minutes. Yeah, it's true. There's what? How many minutes are there to go around? 200? 
I mean, we we haven't really talked about like people that are going to be backing up like Jalen and stuff. Like if Jalen gets in foul trouble, I guess Coleman Lands comes in, or that could be where Clemens or KJ Adams or I don't know. Well, if I guess my thought if Jalen gets in foul trouble, they would just kind of move CB down and yeah, but yeah, so doing a point like it just they just re rotate how they have the same kind of group of guys. It's true. I, I just I don't think any of the freshmen are good enough to like you know play more than 15 20 minutes a game and do anything that will you know yeah. write home about you know yeah they were so loaded at guard yeah and i mean most like yeah pettiford cuff um kj adams like i don't see how they see the floor especially when we're talking about dewan maybe not seeing the floor but and then with clements like super excited about him um but I don't see how he works his way above Mitch and Cam, who've been both playing in college for years. Yeah, I've got breaking news to give to you guys. Oh, Please, I know it's been a while don't. since one of these. One Giannis Atentacumpo is playing tonight. Wow, so that tickles anyone's fancy. So, yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. Got a text, and uh, now the LeBron can't be in the finals. We got to stick to Giannis. So. Well, that I mean, I honestly wasn't that interested in watching this finals. Like, I probably would like fourth quarter, but I was not going to watch like tip to finish. But you put Giannis back in the mix. I mean, now we do. But felt like we needed that breaking news. We can go back to KU now. <laughs> but yeah, All I right. don't see how Clements would work his way above Cam and Mitch, who've been both playing in college for decades. It feels like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I don't like. I wonder who's going to get redshirted. I think Kyle Cuff will for sure get redshirted because he reclassified and came early. So I think he's pretty clear one, but God, I mean, maybe KJ, I just don't think those guys are going to want to redshirt. Like I feel like KJ Adams thinks he's going to come in and battle for minutes, which I don't it's know. It's a good mentality to have though. I'd rather them have that mentality. And I mean, it shows they'd fight and stuff, I guess, but. It's I will say I'm, I'm stupid excited about Bobby Pettiford at KU. Me too. Like, I, think, I think he's going to be awesome. He's just the exact guy that just seems to figure it out. I mean, he might take one or two years to get him going, but by the time he's a junior or senior, he's going to be a total stud. So hopefully he's willing. Like I, I know he's not going to get a ton of minutes this year, so I hope he's willing to sit around and wait. But he's already like unhealthy, so he's probably a little bit behind. But – yeah, he's going to be a stud. He's just cool. He's just one of those guys that we're going to love and uh, the rest of the country is probably going to hate because he's just going to be so good. But mm-hmm. I uh, actually love – I saw a K-State fan today tweet, like, this KU team's so loaded. They have the perfect – like, they will absolutely be one of those Bill Self teams you just despise that's going to go, like, 28-3. and three. And I'm like, if K-State fans are saying that, like, you know this roster has people kind of sitting there like, oh, my God. You don't have to name any names, but, like, I'm assuming you know this person's past takes. What are his takes typically on KU basketball? I really don't. I really don't. It's just this guy that – he had, like, a super generic K-State. It was, like, K-State or blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. He just – I thought it was a well-worded tweet. It was funny because it was just like, yeah, this team's going to go 28-3. and three. We're going to hate the shit out of them, and it's going to be awful. But – I mean, he probably ended up making a joke about how we're going to, like, choke in the tournament, which I tweeted today. I'm already nervous about the Elite Eight game we're going to have. 
Like not I was looking foot. to see if we got any regionals. We're we're about nine hours away from our closest regional site, so maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. But we don't get KC or Omaha this year. If we choke this year, I'm a UConn women's basketball fan, and that's it. Gino, I mean, that's it. what happens if we don't make a Final Four this year? Like, I feel bad for Bill because he didn't get that 2021 that he deserved, but he's gonna get absolutely flamed by the media, by college basketball fans, probably not fair, but it is going to suck a lot if this team loses in the Elite Eight to like a three seed or even a two seed. Like, it is Final Four bust. You don't go out and have off seasons like this. You don't get your guys to come back to school to freaking lose in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, and I'm already stressed about it. Can, uh, can this team be better than 2020? I mean, they're going to be preseason, like you said earlier. I, they got to be two. What in the I think world? Make a case for one, because I don't. I just. Oh can't yeah, see this weeks. is exactly what we needed. We really need. Yeah. <laughs> UCLA <laughs> was an 11 seed last year. They rattle off five games, four games in a row, and they're number two. What are we doing? Like, I get it. Gonzaga, UCLA played a thriller in the Final Four, and now people want them to have a. Uh, non-conference rematch we are we will be so much better than ucla i would bet you ucla is not even a top two seed next year maybe i'm being absurd but you don't agree go from an 11 seed to the number two team in the country and it's not like we have it's not like college basketball is crappy up top like ku and gonzaga are legit teams so to put UCLA right in there and act like they're going to just be jugger and Cronin like he's solid but has that guy ever had a top, a true 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 national title contender like I don't know that that's not the tournament what they yeah they were like the tournament. last team they're in a playing game I know and people are like they're so stacked <laughs> like they couldn't even do well in the Pac-12 last year and we expect <laughs> them to be a top three team it's the brand, though. If it was I anyone know. but, like, UCLA. Like, if Michigan State did the same thing last year, they'd be the, you know, yeah. same story. But, I mean, you bring everyone back, you have UCLA across your jersey, and, I it mean, just, you make that I, run, it's it's bound. I mean, I agree a thousand percent. They're going to be, like, a six seed, and we're going to see them in the Sweet 16 as the top two. Yeah. And, yeah, but. It it just, I love. I, yeah, they won. They won an overtime in the freaking playing game. Like they could have been done that night. Yeah, and I, I mean, think they were they, down they by like twenty. If they don't would they be ranked, game, would they, they be are, ranked this year if they lost? No, it wouldn't be preseason ranked. They wouldn't be. That's my point. They would not be preseason ranked. So we're going off a crapshoot tournament, five games, four or five, yeah, because they played the playing game, and we're just to, went the, took them from unranked to number two in the country behind only a absolutely stacked Gonzaga team so that had me fired up and you know I love to complain about rankings but it's just that's gonna piss me it's off. your favorite pastime it is I love doing it mm-hmm. I look forward to shaming everyone incorrectly and and Goodman ranked Villanova oh, ahead of us your boy your boy see I, I saw your tweet where you said like it's probably gonna be Gonzaga UCLA but KU being any lower than two is stupid and then I saw him have the nerve to put Villanova at number two, and I thought you were going to have an aneurysm. They literally that lost their best player. JRE went pro, and 
like I know they return guys, like they return a Samuel guy and uh, Justin Moore. Like they're gonna be good, but Gillespie's back for his nineteenth year. Yeah, uh, I mean, come on, are still athlete. Yeah. So speaking of guys back for their nineteenth year, are you guys excited to watch Brad Davison play basketball for another season? That's I mean, I thought he was close to being dead. That's how old he's a hundred. He he's a hundred years old. He's going to be collecting social security checks in like two years. Like he... that's his NIL agreement. <laughs> he's making money from them. <laughs> this site says Andy Katz had UCLA as his number one. I mean, what are we doing, people? Did they get a? I think they got a five star. But I mean, because this site says insane. this site says they went to the Final Four without any senior leadership and. Mick they're gonna be good develop toughness and defense yeah they're gonna be good but i mean come on it's just they they barely snuck in the NCAA tournament they're not a top three team but would be nice playing oregon state and washington state every night <laughs> yeah well it's hard for us to in the tournament when's the last time bill self beat has bill self ever beat a pac-12 team in the tournament i think that was the whole thing last year he's like oh and six so. yeah i think bryce sent me that before the game that hurt yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we've talked a lot about the roster. We're obviously super excited. I do, before we go, I want to talk about the NIL stuff. Seems big time for KU. Like, it, it feels like schools like KU, North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke, seems like those schools that have the big donors, the passionate donors, are going to benefit from this. Like, I know that boosters can't. I don't even know all the rules and I know that boosters can't just be like, Hey, here's money. But we all know there's going to be some shady stuff going on money being funneled through businesses to sponsor athletes and, and do commercials and stuff like this is nothing but really good for KU. Am I right? Yeah. I think we should send uh Bronny James some money. <laughs> Ain't no seats. Uh, athlete Bronny James. What would, would I throw up? What would Ryan up? do? If we got <laughs> that him? would be the greatest thing to ever happen to this very podcast is Bronny <laughs> James Jr. coming to Lawrence because I, I, you know, I would hate it. I'd passionately hate it. I'd oh, root for would. the team in Manhattan. You would, it would just be great content. <laughs> Can you imagine us three sitting in a business meeting with LeBron James, Rich Paul, and Bronny James pitching him on uh, being an eight no seats athlete? <laughs> LeBron, LeBron and Drake are courtside overreacting to every single Screaming. play running on the court after oh every play You should Fighting see the PA guy. You should see AB chug beers at the tailgate. Bronny can come <laughs> to all the tailgates for free. We won't even let him. He won't have to pay for alcohol. It's amazing. Uh, Here yeah. with Bill. <laughs> have um, you heard B turns uh, Bill self impression impersonation? Um, what uh, What do you think Coach K's thoughts are on this? Oh. That's he, why he's leaving. He's at well, he's gonna frame when he's retired. There's gonna be some like he's gonna be one of those really annoying guys I was, that I was doing it the right way, and then yeah, he'll be like, Well, the college game's just ruined, and you know, people wondered why I left. Um, this is why you know, I I I I was here for the kids, and to see these kids um not focusing on academics and caring about scholarships, like it just ruined the game when really he's just hasn't been that good the last few years and it's probably getting old and sick of coaching but he'll for sure blame the nil and the fact that the kids are getting well taken care of now so oh and can we talk about we haven't talked about roy leaving can we talk about the difference between roy just stepping down one day not making it this huge show and coach k is now going to have the most nauseating retirement tour you'll ever see 
Like every game, every game. like the yeah. away crowds are going to do all this. Oh, shit. and he's going to go give a speech TV. to every locker room, every game. If they lose or win, he's going to go leave them like a handwritten note or autograph their shoes or some shit. It's gonna I look forward to that. I think I look forward to it. It's going to be good content because we'll get that. Exactly, because this is exactly the reason I'm in love because it really doesn't bother me that much unless we play Duke in a meaningful game, which would be like late in the tournament. But just logging onto Twitter and seeing like you guys, especially Ryan's the biggest Coach K hater in the universe. I've been on so the I was going to ask you your thoughts on, on him just leaving since we haven't gotten that. But you kind of gave it to us. Uh, it's it's going to be delightful. But I do want to ask the John Shire thing. Can we at least talk about how ridiculous it is that both Duke and North Carolina didn't interview someone? They just hired their fucking second man, and like, like that would infuriate me. I'm not kidding. Would be, like, that would make me yeah. not want to watch KU hoops. If we like, I think Brandon and I both said Jeremy Case. If Jeremy Case became the head coach in ten years, just because he played at KU and sat on the bench next to self, I would be livid. Like exactly, Chris, literally, Chris Beard probably would have went to could have went to one of those. I guess Texas is kind of. You don't even interview Nate Oates. What are you doing? It's like my boy Boynton. Even give him Brad Stevens just stepped down as head coach. Give him a call. <laughs> like boy, would it would it stink to watch UNC or Duke be bad for years? That would just suck. You would really hate to see it. I know I would. Who do you guys think is going to be better, Hubert Davis or John? One of them will fail. That's just I know one of them will fail. I don't know who I think has the better chance. I think Shire's got a better chance. Of failing? Of failing. North Carolina has more to like – I'm taking this from Allen, but Duke basketball is Coach K. North Carolina yeah. basketball is like – I mean, they've got a list of names that you could base it off of. So I love that. I, don't know. That's that. I, yeah. thought, um, I, thought, Go. UNC, I thought UNC was going to hire Stillman White. <laughs> I mean, about that asshole. he's probably you know how mad he was in the end one from Tyshawn. <laughs> Thought he was gonna cry. Then he got it. Then Withy sent his ball halfway across into a court. into a different planet. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. a Pluto. Yeah, we need to have a we need to have a full episode of like our least favorite college basketball players. I loved Stillman White when I saw him lining up as starting point guard in the Elite Eight game. I was oh, like, yeah. this is amazing. Bro, I'm sitting here thinking how many Duke players I've hated. Like I hated oh. Shire. I hated Shire. I hated Paulus. What was uh, oh. Thornton's name? The scissor kicking three guy in Maui. Oh, Tyler, Tyler Thornton. Thornton. God. Singler was always a very punchable guy. I was thinking about Zubac. I was thinking about Zubac. That's who I, I couldn't think of his name. The bearded guy that Tyler Zubac on the team that won it. Yeah. Brian Zub. His name was Brian Zubac, I think. Oh, yeah. That team. I, I hope Shire fails because. To just hand that guy. I mean, the dude graduated 11 years ago. He's like 33 years old. And you're handing him the keys to the, you would argue, probably the last 30 years, the best program in college basketball. Like, I don't even know if it's arguable. I think it's just a fact. I would be scared if I was a Duke fan. I know. I'd be so mad. you got to do interviews. And sure, like, if if they don't, uh, I don't know. Are they mad about it? Have you guys, like, snooped around on message boards or anything? It's the brother. It's all about the brotherhood, it's, right? It's the brotherhood, it's, bro. But there have to be some realistic fans there that like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? We could pick any country we want. I bet, like, you think Bill would take a call from Duke? You think no. Cal would have taken a call from Duke? Oh, I think like, Cal would have. 
that, but that's the thing. The way like, things are going, Coach Cal, who's got no issues, like he knows what he's doing at those schools. Yeah, if he like could get Cal, the biggest, biggest coaches in the world would listen to those. Like yeah. NBA coaches are, like, what about like would Jay Wright listen? Like, I know he's got he's built something amazing there and won titles, but you certainly I mean, answer the call. You certainly answer the call. Yeah, I don't. The think... point is though, is they could have called anyone, they answer it. But There's yeah, five guys on the planet that wouldn't. Nate Oates. Yeah, Nate Oates is crazy and call him Tony Bennett crazy. You don't give him an interview, which granted, people have their opinions on him. Uh, Mark, even like Mark, the, you're probably not going to leave, but you got to call, you got to give him an interview, call him, see what's going on. Jim Woolridge, it's a little further, <laughs> it's a little further down the line. It's a mid major, but what's his name? Wes Miller from Greensboro. Yeah, I thought he he's right down the road for both Carolina and Duke and. Carolina may have like talked to him or he was rumored maybe at first, but everyone knew it was Hubert Davis's job. Everyone's known that for five years. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I like Hubert Davis. I loved him on college game day as a kid. I hope he works out, but I mean. Brian's already stressed out thinking about KU doing this if Bill were to leave. Dude, (laughs) Danny Manning's going to be 70 years old and people are going to be like, we have to hire Danny Manning. They wanted him to be the AD. (laughs) I mean, I, I'll be to honest. Fix our football program. I got I got a little excited about Danny Manning as the AD for like a it just never like made three sense, hours though. You saw that on the timeline, and you were like, "Wait a second. because that's how bad Jeff Long was. It was like we could go from Jeff Long to Danny Manning. Like this would be so fun. But yeah, we made a great hire at AD. So we've also been so good at potting that we didn't even talk about getting a new <laughs> football coach or AD. We are. So dedicated, works so hard. Um, speaking of that, I can't sit here and talk with you boys all day. Um, do we have any uh, last last? Sure, comments? you could if you put your heart to it. I could, um, but I'm not going to put my heart to it. So I'll just say, um, excited for probably a top three team in the country and definitely a national championship contender. Like we're as deep and stacked as anyone. Like I think we're almost as good as Gonzaga. I know. I don't want to say that yet, but I mean, I think the argument could be made that when you, when you give Bill South four starters returning in the top transfer in college basketball, like he, I like that guy. I like that team. Figure it out. Yeah. So I think early on Gonzaga will be better. I do think we're going to have some like, when you have a lot of new guys in the mix, I think it's going to take a little bit. But then again, you got four guys that played a ton of minutes last year, and that's where Bill thrives is when guys just get it from day one. They know the system. They know how he wants you to play. That's what has me excited. When we have a ton of returners, we always have big-time seasons. So I'm as confident as I've been going into a season a long time. So only thing I'll add is every offseason I have, like, a moment of, like, truth with KU basketball. And it's literally the question is, can they win a national title or not? And that determines how excited I are. Last year, I had no confidence that they could win a national title. I thought we'd be okay. I thought we'd, I thought we'd be better than we were. We weren't. But I haven't gotten that feeling yet this year. I, I genuinely think it's Final Four bust. This could be, I mean, what? When was last time? We haven't been to a championship game in 10 years by the time the Final Four comes this year. We are approaching, kind of gross, but we are approaching just as long as a gap from '88 to '08 <laughs> as we are from '08 to now. We're seven years away. 
It's only been a one Final Four since that championship game. Yeah. It's kind of sad. But, we AB, should, like you said, we used to always – you know how we used to always talk about is, like, can we picture this team on the podium holding a trophy? And, like, last year <laughs> – But this year, but it, I it, can see Remy. I can see Ochai. I can see Dave. And the whole story about, oh, Ochai decided to come back. You can see it with Dot and Doke. You can visualize it. I couldn't visualize it last year. I can visualize it this year. This team meets the criteria of – do you picture them on a podium? And I do. I picture Remy holding a title. I do too. It's like the redemption tour of a guy that was 11 and 14 last year at Arizona State gets the keys to the program and leads them to a title. So it's going to happen. I really picture Tiger Campbell holding it for UCLA. <laughs> they have not lost a game since Gonzaga Final Four. They go 40 and 0. Why not? I'm in. Give him number 12. 14, whatever it is. All right, boys. I'm happy we made it back. AB, I'm happy you're back. AB, I guess, what's your plan? You're going to be back here and there, not necessarily every episode, but you're going to be back for a lot of them. Yeah, I'll try and make my nonsense every once in a while. Uh, I'll be straight up. You guys know way more about KU hoops than I do. Uh, so I'll let you guys do the analyzing, and uh, I'll chime in when I have some bullshit or questions to say. And, uh, Fire up the hypotheticals and the drafts and the fun stuff. I'll be front and center for that. So, yeah, we need to do a draft episode this off season. I'm always season down for started. a draft. I would draft every week if we wanted. We're not going to have a whole lot to talk about until football season, honestly. So we might have to come up with. We'll get maybe get, uh, get a little guest on. Maybe pay one of the players to come on. Yeah, we can do that now. What a world! But all right, boys, it's been fun. Let's hope we can we don't go another four months without recording. So uh, that's it this week. Thanks to everyone for listening again, and uh, we'll hopefully see you soon. Rock chalk.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.